isn't dark. You're really alive. It's dark. Oh, uh, you can turn on the overheads if you want to. Now we can see ourselves. Yay. Okay. And other people can see us. Mm -hmm. Other people can see us. I love it. Okay, so welcome to adulting. Um, I am Ryan Mitchell, also Mitchell. Oh, um, yeah. I can be reminded. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Resilience Center um, in Tulsa. I'm a licensed professional counselor in Oklahoma. Um, Tara Rolfus, mom of three, army wife, student of therapy, no longer nursing. <laughs> nursing school dropout and private school dropout. Yay! Nice. Now you're finding on what you want. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I wish I would have been more open, like switching around in college. Um, love where I ended up, though. I'm Kylie Mitchell, and um, this is my office where we are at. Um, <laughs> Houston, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm a dietitian. I work in eating disorders. So we're really excited. Um, Tara and I were chatting over brunch mm -hmm. um, a little bit about what to talk about. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I think, as a new mom, as a new mom, as being new moms, as a not too far off from being a new mom. Mm -hmm. um, we definitely want to hit and kind of talk a little bit about postpartum body image and the pressure on women mm -hmm. and the comments women get and how mm -hmm. to handle some of that. Um, like yeah. for example, what I frequently hear is like, you look great for having had twins. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know how to take that. It's mm -hmm. like, what would not be great? Yeah, yeah, that is frustrating. Um, I really feel, and I've said this so many times, that like in pregnancy, your body knows how to gain weight. And postpartum, like your body knows how to find the weight it's supposed to be. And I feel like the world we live in is just like that idea is just so radical. Um, and there's times I feel very like disconnected from like um, even this hashtag I started following recently on Instagram. It was like stay at home mom life. And it was just so much working out. And like I, I talked about this in the blog, like working out's great, but like I don't know how they were. I was expecting like stay-at-home mom life to be a lot about like meals you're making for kids or like a fun little activity you did. Mm -hmm. And it was so much about like moms working out during nap time. And mm -hmm. I was like, is this it? Like, is this what we're supposed to be like going for as moms? And I thought that was so weird. Um, so, or involve your baby in it, right? Do squats <laughs> while holding your baby. Which, and like, baby yoga can be fun. Like, I, I think yeah. that's awesome. But like, I don't know, it just seemed like it was making motherhood all about being a certain body size yeah. and I was like that makes me really uncomfortable and like that's not what I'm going for at all because like my body size isn't something I need to micromanage like I know if I just listen to hunger and wellness cues and if I move my body when I want to that my body's going to find the place it's supposed to be mm -hmm. um and that is probably going to be a different body than I was before I had kids mm -hmm. and so when people make comments like you look good for having twins like seriously like what, what are you supposed to say to that like yeah I usually just think awkwardly uh-huh uh-huh yeah like that is yeah. so weird I'm trying to think of weird comments I feel like a lot of people in my life know <laughs> like not to make comments on my body mm -hmm. um and so it doesn't happen that I mean I don't know I guess being in mom's groups like there are some people more like concerned about the bodies than others um and I know just like being an eating disorder recovery and like being an intuitive eater, like I know like the pursuit of weight loss or the pursuit of making my body look a certain size isn't what I want. Mm -hmm. And like, that's not what I'm going for. Like that doesn't line up with my values and like to have to pursue a certain body size. Um, I feel like that would get in the way of like what's actually important in my life. Um, relationships and like being present with my daughter and um, having 
time to spend with God, like, I feel like it just, it wouldn't lead to a fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of women, because motherhood and postpartum time, like, it's so chaotic that it's so easy to, like, want something to, like, latch onto and, like, to control and, like, controlling your body size. Like, that seems like a good place for some women to want to, like, put all their anxiety and stress and um, control in um, when nothing is going right. Like, nothing mm-hmm. is going right. <laughs> Yeah, I can remember my youngest. baby, but I can. I can. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can. Yeah. That's right. My youngest is turned five. Okay. My oldest is going to be 13. So, yeah, it's been a long time since I've been a new mom, but like, I can remember when my youngest baby was born and being in Target, like shopping for new clothes because nothing fit. Mm-hmm. And a woman approaches me with, like, it works. Mm-hmm. You can lose weight. I'm like, mm-hmm. literally, this is this thing. Mm-hmm. For shopping, yeah, but- things which at the time like I was still in my eating disorder so that was not helpful at all and I'm just like all right cool it's like you know what you said when you challenge like the Ed voice Ed voice is like oh yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah it's like you have to be super careful with what you say to people and like also um I have this rule like never ask someone if they're pregnant like, yeah. I feel like that's a common decency rule that you should have yeah um especially like working in eating disorders because like when an anorexic being well not all anorexics are at a very unhealthy weight of course um you can be anorexic at any body size but if someone is like very malnourished and they gain weight they usually do gain all the weight in their stomach mm-hmm. and like they do look pregnant and like i've had clients get asked like are you pregnant like when are you do um and that's just like why would you ever ask like just just don't say things yeah and then like when you receive a comment like that where the person is wrong like an example is one of my friends um She's also a dietitian, not eating disorders, uh, just clinical. And she was working and someone was like, oh, are you pregnant? Um, and she's six months postpartum and definitely not pregnant. And she, when he said it, she's like, oh, no, no. And she caught herself like trying to make him feel better. Yeah. And then yeah. she was like, wait a minute, like, screw you. Like, I'm not making you feel better. Like, you're the one who made the mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like people, you just shouldn't comment on someone's body, like, or their pregnancy. It's just... It's crappy that that happens. And, and, okay, so now I'm going to be a little obnoxious. And, so it is crappy. And I also see it sometimes as an opportunity to mm-hmm. model something different. Yeah. I was telling Dara, like, I recently returned to the gym. Like, I've, I've incorporated movement back slowly. Um, first, I went back to my ballet classes because that's my mindfulness. That's my meditative thing, okay. right? Um, and then I made it, like, then I started walking with the twins. And now I'm like, you know, I feel stronger. So I want to lift some weights. So I joined the gym. It's like 24-hour access gym, but they have weightlifting. I'm like, yeah. Um, I finished a workout, and a, and a chick from a place I used to work out was there. She does photography, and she said, uh, have you had family photos yet? One of your photos. I was like, no, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Like, what a great idea. I haven't done that yet. And she, she, said, she said, you know, maybe when you're back in the gym a while, and, you know, I was like, actually, I'm fine with my body I'm just here to feel stronger yeah and she caught herself but it was like sometimes it's it is crappy and mm-hmm. I think the, like when you're feeling a little more solid in your recovery it's also an opportunity to be like mm, let me challenge that mm-hmm. in the here and now with as much grace and tact as mm-hmm. possible <laughs> sometimes I want to punch people in the face yeah I, yeah. I think that's awesome because like it's it's exhausting like um, like I love my clients and like they absolutely fill me up and I love the blog work I do. Um, but sometimes you want to break, you know, mm-hmm. and like when someone makes me work, <laughs> which I'm not supposed to, and I'm all for like advocating, yeah. but like 
you could be trying to enjoy a meal and then the waitress mm-hmm. will say something that's like, oh, that's the highest calorie dressing. Did you know that? It's like, what are you talking about? Like, why would you care what dressing I ordered? I'm um, eating out for you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like, okay, thank you. Um, and it's just like exhausting sometimes to have to like be countercultural and to mm-hmm. go against the norm. And I, yes. I, I agree with what you're saying. And um, there are, there's been a couple of times when people have commented on my body um, and like just saying like, oh, like you are looking thinner. Have you lost weight? And I'm just like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I don't weigh myself. I, I don't have a scale. Like maybe, like I mean, my body doesn't need as much fat as it did when I was pregnant. It's figuring out what it wants to do. Um, like I don't micromanage it and trying to find like, just kind of like a, a powerful, like single sentence you could say back to people when they do like make some body comment that makes them think, um, I don't know, it doesn't come off as attacking. Like it's kind of a hard yeah. balance. Cause like my yeah. favorite one is like, I'm not, um, more valuable if I take up less space in this world. Like mm-hmm. I've always loved that, but I think bad even can kind of be like, like kind of come off as like aggressive. Um, but sometimes I totally think that one is appropriate. Yeah. And I think it really makes people think like, Oh no, no, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm like, is it like, I think that is what you're mm-hmm. saying. Like it would be better if I was smaller and like mm-hmm. took up less physical space in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is pretty messed up. So I, I agree. Like it is a good time to be able to like advocate for the like non-diet approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and for intuitive eating and how it can be a really like healthy and healing model mm-hmm. for not just eating disorder recovery, but anyone to follow mm-hmm. and to find like peace away from dieting. Yeah. Yeah. I preach intuitive eating so much on my Facebook that I had a friend message me and wanted me wanting more links and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to her. She's like, this has like, changed my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. I'm so happy for her because like she would post, well, not just her, but like, lots of people would post, you know, like, 30 challenge or whatever yeah it's just like oh, uh-huh. and stuff. now i have to unfollow you yep i am a serial unfollower like mm-hmm. I, I follow like 80 people on instagram just because like so many people annoy me <laughs> like i just like I, I don't have time for this and like i like when i get on instagram and start scrolling and i'm like oh i've already seen this and it's like kind of an indicator get off instagram and like mm-hmm. go engage in life um so oh i had a burning question okay okay so when when you're working with health at every size, because this is kind of sort of where I am personally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're working with health at every size, like how do you make that shift from, okay, all foods are okay, like let's take away the power from food into more of the general nutrition piece. Because mm-hmm. right? one of the things we were talking about is like, when a food, like let's say RX bars, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. from my real life, um, <laughs> I look at them and I'm like, that is to me like the ideal like mm-hmm. snack when it comes to the nutrient content. But then on the other hand, right, the um, orthorexic tendency is like, oh yeah, get the RX bar because so it's just egg whites and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Like, so how do you balance when there's like those two competing signs? Where maybe it is like, the, like the um, I don't know, which like what your body wants and needs at that moment. Mm-hmm. But it also is definitely appeasing the disordered eating history. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a very similar conversation with Klein this week about this. Um, it, it was about a certain dessert, actually. Um, but I think variety is important. Like, if you're not sure, 
if something is disordered or not. I think a better question is like, is this helping me to live a better life? Is like, so even this RX bar, like, is it disordered? Is this coming from a good place, a bad place? Mm -hmm. Just simplifying it to like, is this helping me live a better life? Yes or no. And if it feels like kind of a complicated answer, then like looking for ways to add in variety and get away from that RX bar. Because like, I do think something we should, if you're in eating disorder recovery, you should always be proactive with variety in your life and you should not be trying to fall back into like rigidity of any sort mm -hmm. um, or restriction of any sort. And I'd say like having an RX bar for like every single meal um, or snack oh, yeah, for snack, yeah. snack sorry. Um, like that's, that would be disordered, you know? That's a good marker. Thank you. Yeah. To be able to look at, okay, looking necessarily inherently wrong, but if it's, that's the only thing you're going for, the only mm -hmm. thing that feels like quote unquote safe. Mm -hmm. Oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> like if it tastes good, like it's, it's, it's like it's more satisfying than like because nutritionally almost like coercion whatever. It's like almost the same as like a pack of Belvita bars. Mm -hmm. Like to eat four Belvita bars for me is just like it's terrible. I wouldn't want to do that. But I could eat a water bar and get like more satisfied out of something smaller. Mm -hmm. So it's like trying to find that balance between like what I can tolerate right now and like what. Um, you know, what's really challenging. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, so tolerating, can tolerate in sense of like what feels good to your body yeah, or what good. Like, I get, um, I get full really easily and stuff. So like what mm -hmm. feels good and like not getting overly full and then like balancing mm -hmm. water intake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess with the RX bar, like, I think it's just good to know like what other foods you could go to or like, cause like, Having an RX bar, that's not the only thing. Yeah. yeah. For you. Um, yeah. But like, what other snacks would make you feel similar to the lower bar, to mm -hmm. the RX bar, or something like that? I think could be really good to figure out. Um, I feel like I'm in this place with like meals and snacks now, and it might just be like this postpartum time where everything's so busy and crazy, where a lot of times like nothing sounds good, and I know I just need to eat. And, and so like yesterday, like I had a milkshake for a snack and I was just like, I don't even want a milkshake, but I just need food. And it wasn't like, I need a huge snack. It was just like, I need a snack. I'm going to have a milkshake mm -hmm. right now because Chick-fil-A is right here. Got it done. Moving on with my day. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I don't even think there's time to like think about what would be a satisfying snack just because like motherhood makes you so go, go, go. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of mom friends who just talk about like, Oh yeah, it's 3 PM. I haven't eaten anything today. And I'm just like, they don't have an eating disorder history, but like I do. And I know that would be really unhealthy for me mm -hmm. to like ever skip a meal. Cause I know there, there's always time for food. Like no matter what you're doing, um, there's always a chunk of time that you can figure out to eat something. And like you, you need to, if you've had an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's weird. Like being in this place where like food isn't as like exciting anymore, just cause like all foods fit and you can eat anything. And like, and, and I do, and it's, it's great. Um, but like when food shifts away from being like a, a large source of comfort in your life mm -hmm. and you find other things for comfort, like food, absolutely. I, I love cake and I find comfort mm -hmm. and pleasure in that. Absolutely. But like when you just find other things as well, um, it's kind of the shift where I feel like food takes its proper place in your life. And that isn't, or a euphemism for restriction or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, it's just a, a shift I've noticed like in my recovery mm -hmm. journey um, where it's like, huh, I'm not like as excited to eat. Like I know I'm going to eat three meals and at least three snacks today. Um, but it feels more normal. Just like when I need to pee, I go pee. When I need to eat, I go eat. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, 
it's it's nice um but then kind of like mourning the loss of like what food used to be like food used to be this ultimate comforter and this mm-hmm. like um really nice thing to look forward to and then you could restrict during the day and then end up like finding comfort in food that evening and just like how that just doesn't do anything for me anymore mm-hmm. and I think that's good and healthy but um it's just such a shift for food to be less of a comfort yeah like for me food was never really a comfort but mm-hmm. like trying to find that balance between food can be a comfort and then also like just not being excited about anything because like, I have to prepare everything like you know from husband and kids and busy 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 schedules so it's like trying to find meals that a aren't terribly orthorexic and b mm-hmm. are um, satisfying and challenging enough and that everyone in my house will eat so mm-hmm. that's tricky with like multiple kiddos mm-hmm. um yeah and you had some qu- great questions too about like feeding kiddos like after eating disorder issue, like even in that like postpartum, oh, yeah. like how you like how it affects how you feed your kids, so, how, yeah. how it affects like how to model um, good food relationships mm-hmm. to your kids after eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, like my oldest, um, she's been alive most like I had her when I was eighteen, so she's been alive most of my eating disorder, okay. and um, so she unfortunately has picked up a lot of my um, like restrictive tendencies. Although she doesn't restrict her food and stuff, and we have deep conversations about like, you know, if you're going to go for a run, you need to do this, 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 because your body needs energy and stuff. But like, whereas my other kids, my youngest, Sadie, has been alive for most of my recovery almost, and she's the most intuitive eater. Like, eats whatever, which is hungry. And I'm like, gosh, Sadie, your goals. I know what's goals. Like, she'll hop on my dietitian call sometimes and be like, yeah, bacon? And I want to talk to my dietitian about bacon. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Yeah, but so like modeling, like finding the balance between um, like when when I have to eat a pure food with my kids, trying not to like outwardly freak out, but also like validating my emotions and just being like, you know, this is hard and Mm -hmm. this kind of sucks, but also I have to model eating for my kids. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I heard something this week that was like super convicting for me. Um, And it wasn't in terms of eating disorder recovery, but it was just said that, you can't pass on values to your kids that you don't have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. like, cause I feel like with, um, yeah. eating disorder recovery, like a lot of like blog readers and emails I get, they're like, how do I prevent my kids from getting an eating disorder? Um, and I think that's so great and so noble and you're doing the best for your family, but I really think it does start with you. And it sounds like you're doing a great job. You have a dietitian you meet mm-hmm. with, you, um, acknowledge and like have compassion for yourself when like fear foods or food challenges might be hard um, and you're actively recovering and I really feel like instead of being like what are the things I can do to keep my eating disorder hidden it's like what are the things I can do to actually help myself recover because that's going to translate to my children Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's tricky because I feel like the eating disorder can't easily stay hidden um if, if, if you're kind of like, I just want to act recovered. Like, I don't actually want to recover. Like, when I get those emails, like, I know they're in a place of, like, pain and, like, struggling. But it's like, you recover. Like, th- that's what we do. And maybe there's, like, a, a loss of hope that they don't feel like recovery is possible for some yeah. reason. And, like, that's, that's tough. Um, but I really think it has to start with the mom, like, taking care of herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a rule in our in parenting that has be what you want to see. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, be what you want so so like a lot of that is me walking out the recovery for my kids like when I went to treatment um we sat my I think she was 11 maybe 10 at the time to kneel down and told her 
what I was going to treatment for, like, this is good, like, I'm sorry, and, like, stuff like that, and, um, because we, because she's really smart, and she knows things anyway, Yeah. but we didn't want to hide this from her, because we felt like it might be something, you know, she could struggle with in the future, and I wanted her to be able to talk about it with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah I, I think that's great, like, you're all open and honest, if she's old enough to, like, mm-hmm. be included in the conversation, um, like eating disorders do have a genetic component and like, I hope my children never have eating disorders, but you know, who knows what can happen? Like yeah. they're going to struggle with something like mm-hmm. no doubt. I hope it's not an eating disorder. Um, but it might be, you know, and even, I don't know, being the perfect food, I feel like things could still go bad. Like she's still going to be exposed in school to like diety conversations. I know I'm not going to be able to protect her in every single arena of her life. Um, but I think having a really great example of home, at home of like me and my husband being very normal, non-dieting people um, is going to be super impactful. And just letting her know her worth doesn't come from her body size. Um, I think that's going to be great. But like raising kids is, is tough. <laughs> and then, especially when they start going to school because then they get inundated with all of the healthy foods and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, yeah the schools provide the label. Yeah, right. So it's like, how do you talk about that would be like one of my curiosities is like how, how to talk about food and nutrition at home when they're being told, and you can probably answer from saving yeah. this perspective, but like yeah. when they're being told, um, this is good, this is yeah. bad. Cupcakes are bad. Yeah. yeah. Or like, this is nutritious, this is not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, but it all breaks down to the same nutrients. That's what, yeah, that's <laughs> what I tell my kids. Like yeah. they came home saying, cookies are bad, they're terrible for you. And like my orthorex brain's like, yeah, bro, I know. But like <laughs> my recovery brain is like, well, actually, they're just carbs and fat and sugar, and your body uses all of that, and your brain uses lots of sugar and carbs. And and so um, my mm-hmm. child went to school and snack time, they're having cupcakes, and the teacher went on the, you know, cupcakes are bad, and my mm-hmm. four-year-old goes, oh, food's fit. <laughs> That's awesome. She's such a little rebel. And so I got an email from the teacher, like, well, what is this all food's fit? Like, Can you explain that to me? Like, yeah, sure. But yeah, it's so funny. So that's what I, that's what I teach my kids. And then my daughter like plays. My oldest one plays like lunch police at school, and she mm-hmm. has friends that are like restricting or whatever. She goes up and makes the meat, <laughs> tells them all the things that I tell her when she doesn't want to eat. And I and I love it so much. I'm like, oh look at this! Like they are, they're not getting what I had at that age and stuff. And so it's like really fulfilling to like be able to pass it down. And I feel yeah. like if you've got a good stable recovery or, you know, just the knowledge that your your kids. Know, can more than likely not end up, you know, eating disorder. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I agree, and like that's what I hope absolutely for my kid um, or kids in the future. Um, food neutrality, like that, is very much where like I live and my husband lives and our household lives. But like, it is hard when it's rare. Like, mm-hmm. it's rare to find people who are truly like neutral about all foods. Like. Um, Right now, like personally, like I'm on this great like um, chocolate chip cookie search for the best chocolate chip cookie like recipe. Like I just I'm making cookies a lot. It's so fun. We always have cookies in the house. They're a great snack, and it's just like they're they're a snack. Like they're they're not some rare dessert to hold up on a pedestal. Like mm-hmm. we have them for snacks daily, like whenever we want them, and it's it's just so nice like to not elevate cookies to more than they are. Like they are like carbs and fat like and it's wonderful like I need those things in my life and I know I don't have to be scared of them um and so it just I I wish the world worked like that like you know 
it would be so nice. And my daughter's starting like a preschool, which is hilarious because she's eight months and I'm like, it's daycare, but they call it preschool. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't even know what conversations they'll have about food there, you know, and I can't like control that. Um, but like, I'm excited like to be having conversations with her about like why anything that's not food neutral, I believe is wrong and mm -hmm. what that contributes to. Um, and how restriction just amplifies cravings and how that doesn't help you. Um, and how like the non-diet approach is not anti-health. Like we're, we're still very aware of health and like we want to be healthy people who live fulfilling lives. Um, and so we'll see how it goes with preschool in cupcake conversations. Who knows what will happen. First step, preschool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next step. Old school. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is. <laughs> That's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote some things down. Okay. Let me my daughter's Um All right. I've got let's see. Um how about hardships in life as a mom living in like a Pinterest world and like Instagram and Facebook and social media and everyone's posting like join my plexus challenge or whatever the other ones are like i can't tell you the amount of hey hun emails i get like mm -hmm. for all these like thirsty people who like want to sell me weight loss crap and i and i always mm -hmm. tell them like oh thanks but uh no thanks mm -hmm. like i'm not yeah into that i think so i was trying to think about this because like my mom friend group um they're very like down to earth like realistic women and I think it's because they're all like second or third time moms. Like no one is a first time mom. Um, and I think that's nice because they're more realistic and like, they know like life isn't going to look like like Pinterest or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I don't feel pressure to like have to be reading a certain number of books to Joanna a day or have to be practicing letters or, um, I have the perfect smash cake for her when you birthday. Oh, I mean, I want a smash cake. I don't know what it'll look like, but like, I, I don't know. I just don't feel the pressure because I know she's going to grow. She's going to develop. She's going to be fine. Um, she's going to learn to read, like, no matter what. Um, so I don't know. I just, I don't feel like I fall into a lot of that. I guess a lot of time off social media is good just mm -hmm. because, like, it would be exhausting to be comparing yourself to yeah. that all the time. The compare and despair, like, you always hear people saying, mm -hmm. um, and I think that goes back to following people on social media that like build you up and don't like tear you down and make you feel bad about yourself because um, I, I just, I'm super selective with who I follow because like, I think that would be exhausting and there's things that I struggle with. Um, but it's, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess like getting everything done in a day, like um, figuring out the balance between like working and like being a mom and, and things like that, there's definitely things I feel, I feel overwhelmed a lot, but not so much from like comparison, yeah. I think just like how to get everything done, you know, and how to be like cheerful and like grateful for this opportunity to get to be a mom um, while doing that. Like, I feel like that's more what I struggle with yeah. than anything else. Yeah, definitely. Um, my, my point, I guess, is like, you see, like, in the news and stuff, like, all these celebrities, like, recovering super fast from their, like, pregnancies, mm -hmm. and that, like, always really angers me, because I'm like, why can't they just be who they are, and, like, why do they have to, like, mm -hmm. restrict or whatever, because you know that they're doing some sort of crazy restriction, mm -hmm. and it's like, why can't we just amplify regular moms? Mm -hmm. 
like with the whole Princess Kate or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, just like in a yeah. dress and heels, like, less than 24 hours. I, I actually just, I felt, here's the thing, I felt pity for her. Because I thought, like, that can't have been her choice. I was just like, what? Like, like, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was still, like, a lot of blood coming out of places. Like, that That was not an okay time to uh-huh. be having pictures taken of you. Standing up for too long. It's like, dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I just, so I couldn't believe that. But I think, like, celebrities, like, that's not reality. And I think it's, um, for me to remember, like they have like a chef and a trainer mm-hmm. and like all these things. And they have like childcare when they need it, a drop of a hat. And like, that's not reality, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think motherhood is like a humongous sacrifice. Like, and I, I, I want, I want that. Like, I think I want to want that sacrifice. Like I, I, I want to know, I want Joanna to know, like, I love being with her. She's worth me spending time with her. And if that's at the sacrifice of me going and like working out one day, like that's fine. Like I, I want to be with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just a very intentional thing for my recovery. Not that you can never work out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but like celebrities, like it's, it's not real life. I'm like, do they even spend time with their kids? Yeah. Like, like just, I think Kim Kardashian has three kids now. Like I, I would love to know what her schedule looks like. Mm-hmm. like I would be super curious to, just have a little peek into like what her day with them looks like um and how much you know maybe she doesn't want to have have an active role maybe she does but like I want an active role in my daughter's life and that might come at the sacrifice of me being at a higher weight and Mm -hmm. I I think that's fine but I also trust my body to find the size it's meant to be and Mm -hmm. sometimes my like um, movement for the day. I was going to say exercise. That's why I did that around movement. <laughs> um, I take it back. The movement for the day might just be like walking around the grocery store with her, you know, mm-hmm. and that is totally fine. And my body will let me know when it craves more um, mm-hmm. movement and, and I'll do that. Um, so I think that's a really good, um, cause the, one of the things I love about health at every size too is the, what, what are you responding to? Like, is it the external cue or the internal cue? Are you responding to the shoulds? Are you responding to culture? Are you responding to your own, like, your own image discomfort versus actual discomfort? You know, like, what are you responding to? Or are you responding to the impetus to move, to your body's, like, energy levels, to what it's craving or not craving? Um, I think people are so scared to, like, trust that, to, like, actually trust that their body will tell them when they want it to move and trust that their body will tell them when they've had enough food. Um, and I think, oh, we're getting excited about here. So I get passionate about this. And I think a lot of that they don't trust because it's still that paradigm of they think if I do those things, I'll lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm listening to my body, if I'm moving when it says mm-hmm. to move, if I'm eating, if I'm eating the things that I know affect my energy level in a good way, then my body will fix itself by losing weight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people don't trust that because they haven't seen it result in weight loss, mm-hmm. and so they're like, it doesn't quote unquote work, but mm-hmm. it's like. Mm. Let's look at your overall yeah. picture of health and how you're sleeping. Yes, yeah. yeah. Level. I could go on. So. Yeah, I mean, pursuing health does not guarantee weight loss. Yeah, I definitely yeah. just walked through that. My mm-hmm. first year recovery was no exercising. Like, no. That's awesome. And um, my second, I'm, I gained lots of weight. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I have PCOS. My mm-hmm. body was finally healed enough or whatever, whatever to like tell me, hey, your hormones are out of the way. 
And it's like, so now I'm craving movement and stuff. And I, and I get to, it's like a lot of us in supposed to, I get to enjoy that movement. And mm-hmm. I get to define like what that movement is to me and yeah. not to others. And so like, I'm in kind of like this community that prioritize, I do CrossFit. So this community like prioritizes all of that. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really here for like competition or being ranked one out of five or like, I'm just here. So I don't like record how much I lift or whatever at all I'm just like I'm just here for the fun I'm just here to move and yeah one of my coaches was like you know I just had um, a hysterectomy 12 weeks ago and so my coach one of my coaches was like you could lose weight just by walking and I was like well that's not what I'm here to do like mm-hmm. yeah thanks but like oh do you want to shut that door okay. um <laughs> um yeah it's hard when sorry guys um when movement when someone like minimizes movement as a way to lose weight, yeah, like, that really, really sucks. You know, because it takes away like some of the joy and mm-hmm. pleasure that you're able to find in that. Yeah. And like, I, I hate that. And I think it's so healthy, like, to take a break from exercise. Um, and that's not praised in our society. That's mm-hmm. like, like, imagine when you went to the doctor during that time, like they could have been freaking out on you. Why aren't you moving more? Yeah. Um, but like you need to like for your mental health and like that goes back to like the world we live in, like values physical health so much. And like, I'm, I'm not okay. Like valuing my physical health at the expense of my mental health. Like I just like, don't think that's yeah. an option for me at all. Definitely. Like I'm maybe at a higher weight now, but I'm definitely in a better place mentally and like living a more full and full life than whenever I was in my eating disorder and, you know, inappropriate using movement or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, that's kind of, like, how I, how I weigh it, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Does, am I still meeting all my, like, I have a list of core values. Do these still meet yeah. my core values? Check. Mm-hmm. Cool. Am I doing something that's, like, what, coming against those core values? And if I am, then I need to question, like, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Where is it stemming from? Mm-hmm. How am I going to get trusted in there or be funny to or... Yeah, um, I, uh, so in my eating disorder recovery, I stopped running completely, and I took, like, four months off of, like, all exercise, like, you're saying, you should be mm-hmm. off, and it was, like, just so healing, and then, like, um, just the other day, like, I had this craving to run, and it was so weird, like, I was trying to picture myself running, and, like, I couldn't even imagine, like, how my body would work, um, and so I, like, talked to Andrew, my husband, about it, and I was, like, it's so weird, I just haven't had this desire to run for the last, like, uh, from a healthy place for the last like four years and so like I, I ran like um 45 seconds and I was like good craving satisfied and I'm done you know and like I don't need any more and like I'm in a good place now I don't have that craving anymore like I like yoga I like other forms of movement mm-hmm. but it was so weird like to have that and like think about like where is this coming from like is this a good place for me um and then just to be able to make that decision, but actually processing through the why, mm-hmm. not just like, because um, like running is not bad, but mm-hmm. sometimes the reason behind exercise mm-hmm. or behind the why is that. Yeah. To take it time to punishing or whatever, and then you need to like decide, well, maybe I just need to spend some time off looking myself and being comfortable with being uncomfortable with no movement and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That's actually how I found you, because I was Googling like, I was really angry like, man, teens not let me work out for a month or for a year or whatever and I googled it and like yeah. your running thing came up I was like oh yeah and, like compulsive yeah. exercise yeah but, yeah yeah you had some likes and I, I gotta say too like I, I think I told you in an email the uh should I eat the cookie graph 
use it all. I use it in groups. I use it in sessions. And it's a great yeah. way too, because I love it. And I use it as a jumping off point to like, yeah, emotional eating can still be one tool that you use to comfort yourself, and that's fine. But like, let's look at and and that it is kind of like more internally focused. Except, and I love the line like, "Are you in recovery?" Jim? Yeah, yeah, eat the cookie. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I always do that. Like, like, it's just there's so yeah. many. It's so complicated. Like, why yeah. we eat? Like, I I don't know. Just nutrition. Like, I have no desire to learn more about nutrition. Just because, like, who cares? Like, it, it matters about like why we eat, how we interact with food. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah. So I'm glad you like that graph. That was a yeah, that came out on my birthday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday! Thank that you. was for you. Thank I you. Like, I love it. Kind of took the quality into consideration yeah. because there's some people on either side of like restrictive overeating spectrum that that you know that that's a factor like is mm-hmm. this I mean is it a chip on my cookie or is it a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah. I'm in this part of my career now where if I had to do a food fear challenge about cookies or whatever it's I want it to be a good cookie yeah, like yeah. I don't oh. want it to be like well, terrible. Just wait, there's yeah. a blog post brewing about like the best chocolate chip cookie recipes. So oh, depending okay. on what kind of cookie <laughs> your taste is like. So I like chocolate chip and notebook. Yeah. I think are my favorite. So fun. Yeah. Which are thin or fluffy or like the texture? Oh, don't my youngest, my younger sister is in family consumer sciences, okay. and um, she makes bomb well, bake cookies. Okay. She's coming to visit. So I'm like, can you make those? Yeah, yeah, that's so, awesome. I'm excited, but yeah. I know that I'd be like excited about her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're coming, of course. But and yeah. she's coming. Yeah, she's making That's fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I know we're almost out of time. Okay. Um, so thank you for your time today. Yeah. And if you haven't already, please go to imaeatthat.com. Um, check out the wonderful resources and insights that you gave. And thank you for the work that you do. I think yeah. it's vital. There's um, you know, there's a it's a small but very growing community mm-hmm. of people who have come to their senses. Mm-hmm. And I love I love seeing it. And it's um, those of us who are out there doing the work take a lot of solidarity from the work that you do. So thank mm-hmm. you. Thanks guys. Thanks for coming to me. Y'all made it a lot easier yeah. in my life, so I really appreciate it. So, yeah. Thanks for yeah. having Thank you all for joining. Bye. <laughs> and thanks guys. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, there's a